0: Morning your honors May it please the court counsel Counsel. Tim Hill on behalf of the appellants here dr. Bradley DeWall and wound management consultants Before this court today is the question about whether a professional services liability policy on the issue of duty to defend which is broader than the duty to indemnify which was not before the court i'll get to that the issue of whether a professional liability policy professional services liability policy at the duty to defend stage covers diagnosis by a physician me, uh, medical orders by a physician, whether those are within the policy definition, professional services. The Problem
1: is, if you when you state it that way, you ignore. You manage to avoid the medical endorsement entirely because they did defend under that.
0: They did defend under that, it, the, and the only way they
1: this is not a this is not a typical rejection of tender of defense case. Well,
0: Your I, Honor? Uh, that's true. They paid the limits under the medical, the Medicare endorsement, fifty thousand dollar defense limit for Medicare or Medicaid claims that are asserted by a state or federal agency. The underlying claimant here, Genesis Hospital, is neither a state or federal agency. And that's a separate issue.
1: I, it, and I understand you've got both issues. I thought you were starting with the the, the coverage A.
0: I am and starting was, with coverage A. I
1: was just pointing out this this is not a typical coverage A issue because of the existence of the endorsement, which well, has to be which has to be read with coverage A. It can then you've, then you've got your own second it, argument on the endorsement itself.
0: Yeah. Reading them together, the the the, and there are lots of cases. What's important to point out here is there's a distinction between this, the the uh, uh, how the ultimate billing gets submitted to Medicare for reimbursement, and again we're look. Uh, we're, at the duty to defend stage, we're looking at the, the allegations themselves. And the allegations and the underlying complaints, there are two here, mainly uh, an arbitration complaint, but there is a related Scott County, Iowa action. In essence, for purposes of this argument, they're, this, they're making the same allegations. But, but it, the, the genesis claims against Dr. DeWall and wound management consultants are that Genesis itself reserved, con- contractually reserved to itself the billing functions. So there are lots of cases where there are providers who are uh, involved in these kinds of uh, reimbursement, Medicare, uh, Medicare reimbursement actions where it's actually the provider itself, the provider of the professional services, that submitted the billing and thus was subject to a claim by uh, Medicare uh, for reimbursement. That's not the case here. Neither Dr. DeWall nor wound management consultants did the billing, as claimed by Genesis, the underlying claimant. Both contractually and in the pleadings themselves, that was reserved to Genesis. No,
1: I, I, I understand that argument, but it doesn't. It doesn't get at what, to me, is the issue. If you if you've got a if you've got a policy that recognizes the special circumstances of of coverage in the Medicare Medicaid environment of professional services defined. As you would do it, the juror would do it more generally. You have to read that together, and the 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 to me the reading of of professional services, the interpretation of professional services. Um, it's it the endorsement makes it clear that these that the professional services you want to talk about diagnosis and medical orders and documentation primarily is not professional services in this context because the policy specifically covers this context.
0: The the policy covers a context when a state or federal agent, I didn't write the policy, and we know that that, uh, under Iowa law, insurance contracts are construed against the carrier. They're there uh, And we're also looking at the duty-to-defense stage, where inferences are drawn in favor of coverage. If there's any sort of potential for policy coverage, those doubts are resolved in favor of the insured. Same sort of uh, inference, when, at th- this is coming up before this court uh, uh, in summary judgment. Same sort of analysis and summary judgment standard of review. This court is implying that standard of review because it's a de novo review here. The the, medical protective could have written the policy so that the underlying claim didn't have for that endorsement to apply so that the underlying claim could have been brought by anybody, including Genesis, a private corporation here. They didn't. Instead, they narrowed the scope of those claims against professional service providers to those that are brought by state or federal agencies. And also,
1: didn't it also refer refer to investigations?
0: And investigations.
1: But but investigations precede proceedings. And that's what happened here. It never got to a proceeding because um, of the demands made on Genesis and what their audit showed. Then they paid. But the result, the, the result was a a, a resolution or a a, cre- a creation of the of the claim against against the, your client by reason of um, the an investigation pointing toward in a government proceeding.
0: So, um, medical protective wants the. Uh, in this endorsement construed as broadly as possible and and, and
1: th-
0: that a point that you're making yeah, you, Your want Honor.
1: It, you, want it, you want it out of the case
0: you know, well so the, <laughs> but you asked about the investigation specifically the investigation was done by Wisconsin physician services a private corporation
1: it doesn't matter well, at the at, at fulfilling its duty contractual duty to, to, to Medicare Medicaid
0: yeah. So the policy could have been written to exclude. They
1: could, hired, hired, they could have hired a private eye to do to do it as well. Well, the they, they the Department of Health and Human Services. Well,
0: what I would suggest then is. That ins- you're you're not construing the language of the endorsement. You are looking be- through the language of the endorsement. I
1: went to the I went to a word in the endorsement: investigations. Yep. You wanted to limit it to the, the following, you know, investigations, and administrative and civil proceedings. You wanted to slice investigations out of there. Well, Who, who's who's sticking to the language?
0: It, the, so the investigation was done not by a government entity. Um, and the claim is made not by a government entity. The claim is made by an uh, Iowa corporation, Genesis
1: that was liable to the government.
0: And Genesis build the services, this is all pursuant to the, the contractually and also pursuant to the underlying complaints. Genesis build.
1: Genesis
0: for services for professional services our clients performed orders diagnosis treatment authorization Genesis reserved the billing function to itself did the billing was paid for the billing and
1: then was liable to the government for faulty documentation right
0: and then made a breach and you
1: want to argue that documentation is is professional services
0: that's right okay. that, so that that's
1: that's where we are
0: then made a claim, a breach of contract and a negligent discharge of duty claim against my clients, Dr. DeWall and wound management. This is not a recoupment claim from the government for, uh, for improper billing. That's not what this claim is. Instead, this is a breach of contract claim. Yeah. You didn't discharge your duty you didn't diagnose correctly. There were non-covered diagnoses. There were missing orders or there were unsigned orders. A doctor missing an order or a doctor not signing an order or a doctor making a diagnosis that ultimately gets rejected by Wisconsin Physician Services, the Investigation body here. Um, those are professional services that are being discharged. Those those are those are not, that's not billing, um, and those professional services are covered in the complaint. In other words, if you take out, if you just substituted a plaintiff, a a, a, a patient instead of Genesis here and the patient was making a breach of contract claim or some sort of a professional liability claim, there would be no question. We we would not be before this court. There would clearly be a duty to defend. The the complaint is about treatment, authorization. Let
1: me ask you this. In your your opinion, what defines the duty to defend? A policy definition of professional services or Iowa health care law?
0: Well, in this case, I would say both. I would say well, you're, both. Well, you're
1: saying, you're saying that the policy has to define it in accordance with Iowa health care law, and, and any other interpretation of the policy would somehow be violated. Your whole argument starts and kind of ends with Iowa health care law.
0: Well, the argument, so I think your honor asked, um, in a, a duty-to-defend context. Um, I'm looking at Iowa law.
1: That's not, my, that's not my... This is a different question. Can can Iowa health care law, in your opinion or our contention, trump the policy definition of professional services?
0: I think they're in accord.
1: Well, I know, but that's, <laughs> that's because you don't... That's because you don't even want to consider my way of interpreting the policy definition
0: well the 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 policy definition It's so,
1: so, so if they're not in accord answer my question please okay
0: so the, the then i would say the pol. then i would say to be consistent with my argument the policy definition itself of what profi- professional services are controls iowa health care law uh um, supplements that or um uh you argue in-
1: from medical malpractice cases in under and you say that's iowa health care law and you're arguing is is we've got to accept that in, defi- in defining professional services under this policy but now I, I so you're conceding that's if they're if they're not if they're incompatible a policy control.
0: Well, I would say that's that's exactly right. The policy defines. I would say that's exactly right. The policy defines professional services as medical exams, opinions, consultations about a person's medical condition. the The Genesis complaints' main issues are non-covered diagnoses, missing orders, unsigned orders. Uh, uh, the, the If a physician ordered treatment, the physician had to assess and document the physician's findings. It was a responsibility of the uh, wound management consultant physicians to determine patient care, not genesis. These are all the these the, – I'm quoting from the underlying complaint, and then I'm dovetailing that with the uh, established duty-to-defend law, which is not an issue here, established duty to defend law broader than the duty to indemnify. If any claim, if there's a potential for any claim to be within the policies, then there's a duty to defend the entire claim. Your Honor, I see my time is up. I'm reserving time. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Ms. Wall Walrich?
2: Walrich, thank you. May it please the court, counsel. I'm Brenda Walrich. I represent MedPro Medical Protective Company, who I'll refer to today as MedPro. Um, The issue in this case is the professional liability coverage, and does it extend to these documentation errors that are so clearly the basis of Genesis's claims? plaintiffs are pulling cherry picking terms and words out of the out of the complaint and saying because the word order because the word diagnosis appears in the complaint then that means that there's a duty to defend but this professional liability coverage extends only to the rendering of professional services in the insured's occupation and professional services is a defined term it extends only to the rendering of medical services to a patient and provision of examinations, consultations, opinions regarding a patient's medical condition. And Genesis has been abundantly clear that its Medicare recoupment claim is not based upon orders and diagnoses in treating patients. It is based upon the documentation that was Submitted to Medicare for Medicare reimbursement, um, not having proper orders and proper diagnosis codes, and we know that because this isn't this isn't a notice pleading case where we're kind of left to wonder. Well, exactly what is what is the basis of the claim,
1: counsel? Is there a difference between the documentation that's required under the standard of medical care
2: and what's required for Medicaid reimbursement? I believe so, Your Honor, because under uh, the Medicare reimbursement rules, they have to establish that the treatment was medical, medically necessary, and that requires certain documentation from, according to the Medicare uh, standards, and that goes solely to whether Medicare will pay for the treatment that was provided as opposed to document, documenting and medical records the treatment to make sure that everybody knows what happened, the care team is aware, and they can... Um, uh, treat the patient properly going forward so they are they are two different issues Counsel, you said you believe so uh, where would we look to to tell whether that's the case under the, uh, the policy and, and medical practice well well your Honor Genesis first of all has stated it very clearly in their um, Complaint where they said how clinical documentation impacts whether a particular service will be deemed medically reasonable or necessary under the Medicare reimbursement rules. And so that's in uh, the addendum, page 35, paragraph 42 of that complaint. And and also, you can look at the case law. Asher from Iowa, um, that was a case that involved failure to document for treatment purposes. And there they said, okay, failure to document because... That involves treating a patient, and therefore, that's, you know, a professional service under a medical malpractice policy. Here, this policy says the claim has to be based upon the provision of medical treatment to a person, medical medical services to a patient, and that's not the basis of Genesis's claim. The basis of their claim is the documentation errors, and they've said it. Over and over and over, they said it in their arbitration complaint. Um, as a result of the audit, Genesis had to repay uh, WPS, open parent CMS, a total of $773,000. Dr. DeWall and WMC should reimburse Genesis for these repayments, which were required because of Dr. DeWall's and WMC's deficient record-keeping. And they say it in the amended arbitration complaint. Um, W WPS audit revealed a documentation error rate of 76%, and as a result, Genesis refunded over $770,000. $770, and then again, uh, DeWall failed to ensure clinical documentation was accurate and or adequate for claim submission to WPS. And then we have in addition to the complaint, where they're referring only to documentation errors, we have all of these communications from the audit team that they attach to their complaint that informed even more clearly the basis of the complaint. And so you have uh, Lori Reeson, who's the plaintiff's medical uh, office manager, saying, we'd really love to see what your thoughts are and how to put more wording in our documentation. Just not sure how much or where. And then you have the lead auditor from Genesis, um, Sandra Miller, saying the main reasons for these claims not meeting criteria is physician documentation. But with improved physician documentation, I believe HBOT is a legitimate service. It all all of these all of these um, communications, including this communication from Hal Wagher who was the Genesis Chief Compliance Officer, who expressly advised of the results of the audit. I mean, he refers to documentation, 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 and the complaint about the orders, the unsigned orders, the non-covered diagnoses, the overuse of copy-paste. Those were all related to documentation for claim submission to Medicare, not documentation created in the course of patient treatment or for patient treatment. So, I mean, and then beyond that, we have uh, Hal Wegger saying care isn't the issue. This does not address quality of care provided. So now we know it's not a treatment issue or a provision of medical services issue. It's solely a documentation issue. And then beyond that, we have Hal Wegger providing with his... Letter examples of the problems, and he provides medical records that show the orders aren't signed. The uh, you you didn't enter a new entry every time you saw a patient. You just copy pasted from old entries, and you have Genesis providing an audit tool. So, and the audit tool is to assist with documentation for Medicare claim submission purposes. It's not to change the treatment. Nobody said you can't treat these people. They've said, when you're treating these people, you have to document your records in compliance with Medicare reimbursement rules so that we can submit the claims to Medicare and they can pay for the treatment. And... um, Judge Loken, you are exactly right that the Medicare endorsement does speak to the construction of this policy. I mean, under Iowa law, policies have to be construed as a whole, not by piecemeal, and you have to give effect to every part and provision of a policy. Additionally, the controlling... Uh, construction rule for insurance contracts is that the intent of the parties controls and the intent is determined by what the policy itself says. So here you've got a policy that provides professional liability medical malpractice coverage and then you've got this other little bit of coverage by a very uh, express and explicit endorsement That covers errors and claim submissions. So you've got, you look at the whole policy, and it's very clear that when you've got an action that's alleging errors regarding how patients are treated, that's going to fall within the professional services or the professional liability coverage of the policy. And then when you've got an action like this one, where you've got um, allegations of errors in the claim submission process, then that falls within the Medicare endorsement, and if you read it any other way, you're reading the Medicare endorsement out of the policy, and you can't do that.
0: How about the argument, though, that this is um, the underlying claim here is not a based on an investigation? It's is not an investigation, civil suit, administrative procedure brought by a state or federal agency. Instead, it's a private corporation.
2: Well, but but the whole reason this whole snowball started rolling was because of a governmental investigation. The Office of the Inspector General, um, on behalf of Medicare, conducted this investigation and said, wow, looks like a lot of these claims that are being paid don't have the documentation required under our reimbursement rules um, to allow them to be paid. And so then they told Medicare... You need to have your your uh, providers audit their records, and so Medicare, who operates through regional corporations or authorities, had its um, regional corporate WPS kick off the kick off the audit and the investigation, and so it. I mean, it all started with a governmental investigation and that's what this policy applies to it applies to investigations and actions and administrative proceedings and it's just it's baffling that the plaintiffs would come in and argue that it doesn't apply after they accepted $50,000 of coverage for for it i mean well counsel they accepted it but it, it could also be that that was a strategic move on the part of the company to uh, advanced their other argument that, that there was no coverage under the professional services provision. There's absolutely no evidence of that, Your Honor. No evidence of that at all. And uh, there's, there's no evidence that plaintiffs even disagreed with the application of the endorsement until the $50,000 of coverage was used up. And now all of a sudden they had to start paying out of their own pocket. And then, for the first time, they come in and they say, well, wait wait a minute, you're construing that too broadly. But, And you should be, by the way, construing it as an exclusion of coverage, which, I mean, it's a, it's a coverage-affording provision, and MedPro afforded coverage under it, and plaintiffs accepted coverage under it. So to argue that it should somehow be construed as an exclusion um, just is baffling as well. But, but again... There's no evidence that that MedPro had any ill intent or anything like that. I mean, you know, the the record is... I'm not
1: suggesting there's ill intent. I'm just suggesting that the fact they accepted it really doesn't change the analysis.
2: Well, maybe not. It's it's just it's a remar- it's remarkable timing to um, accept fifty thousand dollars of coverage and then turn around and say well wait a minute you construed that all wrong we really shouldn't have had the fifty thousand because that's kind of the alternative right then they'd had no coverage for this at all um, so so reading the policy as a whole um, the district court correctly applied Iowa law correctly held that the claims that Genesis asserted, the Medicare recruitment claim most particularly, which is the only claim that plaintiffs are really now arguing now for coverage, does not fall within the professional liability coverage, does fall within the coverage provided by the medical endorsement, and um, MedPro exhausted that coverage by paying the $50,000 of defense cost coverage available, so has no... uh, Further duty to defend, and because there's no duty to defend under long standing Iowa law, there's no duty to indemnify. Um, and unless your honors have questions about the promissory estoppel argument, I think that pretty well speaks for itself. Um, I'm happy to address it, but you know, there's no proof of any kind of promise here. In fact, the whole litany of correspondence from MedPro from day one after it said we're going to evaluate the case and then. Following the evaluation and the coverage determination very clearly stated, there's $50,000 of coverage available. That's it. So there's no evidence at all of any kind of a promise. And then there's also no evidence of any reliance. I mean, it's very clear in the record that plaintiffs hired their own defense counsel before uh, MedPro ever made any kind of a coverage determination. So they simply cannot argue that they relied on some sort of a promise of professional liability coverage. Thank you very much.
1: Mr. Hill, you used up your time, but since Council has opened the promissory estoppel window up, I'll give you a minute to uh, respond.
0: Thank you, Your Honor. Even MedPro internally recognized that the Medicare endorsement didn't apply. When they first looked at this, and I'm at. The- I, said,
1: I said I wanted a response to the promissory stopple argument.
0: Well, this is the, the response. They, 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 they internally said that, that there were. That, that, internally, they were not only trained on it, that's at Addendum 43, that in order for the endorsement to af- apply, there has to be a government billing action. This is a private entity. Suing on a breach of contract action, um, they recognized that the the underlying claim by Genesis was about uh, the uh, insureds here using hyperbaric uh, uh, treatment for patients from 2012 going forward. Those kinds of treatments are professional services. They also recognized that it was overbilled by Genesis, not overbilled by... All right, time's up. Nope. Thank you, Your Honor.
1: The case has been thoroughly briefed and argued, and uh, we'll take it under advice.
0: Is that complete the morning's
1: Yes, it does, Your Honor. Very good. The court will be in recess until 2 o'clock this afternoon.